You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported. Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon from the studios of Community Radio 91.3 FM, reporting live for WFHB. This is Charlotte Wager-Miller. And I'm Todd Wicks. This is the WFHB Local News for Friday, March 13th, 2020. We have not about the, the system of uh, health in Cuba. It's a universal system. It's a system based on, on prevention. That was Yannette Pumariega from the Cuban Embassy. That's coming up in today's feature report. Also coming up in the next half hour, an update on the coronavirus and Katrine Bruner reporting on the 4th Street Garage. But first, your local headlines. The Bloomington Historic Preservation Commission discussed a redesign to the kiln-adapted reuse petition during their March 12th meeting. The petitioner discussed building design changes. And so we took um, the uh, grid of what you would typically see in an industrial building of this era and we applied it to the storefront at the first floor and we also brought it through to the upper levels. We let go of, it's good to let go of things during the design process, I think, you know, um, you don't hold on to it too tight. And we had these um, uh, voids uh, that we created in the upper levels uh, responding to uh, the pilasters and the corbeling and sort of repeating that pattern and it seemed to be maybe a little too finicky for what an industrial building might be and we thought it would be more appropriate to um, take out those recesses and keep the patterning of the pilasters but just to make those windows similar to the windows uh, adjacent to those. So you can see here how we still maintain the rhythm of the first level, but it doesn't have the recess uh, like it had before. The petitioner also included a historic light steel rail, detached C-channel awning and railing. He said storm water will drain into an 11th Street storm drain and ash wood would be utilized for soffits. Commissioner Chris Sturbaum was concerned with the perpetuity of ash wood. The underside of this, the soffit is going to be natural ash, is that, mm -hmm. do I understand that? And my comment would be that it always ages and it always fades and it always does it irregularly. And I wonder if you'd consider staining it toward a gray in color so that it, you know, you get ahead of it so it doesn't pop as a bright yellow and then it starts showing stains, then it starts discoloring over time. That if it had a, you'd, you wouldn't lose the wood if you had that already aged look to that wood, in my, in my opinion. Sturbaum said soffits would be notable from the ground. Commissioners unanimously approved the petition. According to the Director of Medical Education for IU School of Medicine, there have been zero reported cases of COVID-19 in Monroe County as of 8 a.m. today. For more on the coronavirus, we turn to WFHB correspondent Jasmine White. There have been many updates on the coronavirus since WFHB's last report. Center for Disease Control reports that symptoms do not show for 2 to 14 days. However, symptoms are similar to a common cold. Symptoms include runny nose, sore throat, 
cough, fever, and shortness of breath in more severe cases. If experiencing any of these symptoms, contact your healthcare provider. For all NBA fans, the coronavirus has impacted the rest of the season. Rudy Goldberg and Donovan Mitchell of the Utah Jazz have tested positive for the coronavirus. All NBA games have been suspended for the rest of the season. Tom Hanks and his wife have also tested positive for the coronavirus while in Australia and are being treated at Gold Coast University Hospital. Variety.com also reports that Fast and Furious 9 will push back its theatrical release date a year due to the coronavirus. President Trump announced that travel from Europe to the U.S. has been banned for the next 30 days, beginning March 13th. For Hoosiers, there are currently 12 cases of the coronavirus, Indiana Department of Health reports. Boston University confirms that all face-to-face classes will be suspended for the remainder of the spring semester, beginning March 16th. Purdue University is also considering doing the same for their classes. Classes will be online. For students displaced as a result of the virus, U-Haul is offering 30 days free self-storage. In addition, they also offer several moving options, including special rates for truck and trailer rentals. No other updates for Hoosiers have been confirmed. For WFHB, I'm Jasmine White. Up next, Kate Young and Sydney Foreman bring you more updates on the coronavirus. President Donald Trump declared a national emergency today at approximately 3.30 p.m. The FDA approved a new test for the virus and expects up to half a million available by Monday. Work is being done to create a screening website and drive-through virus testing. Large in-person Bloomington public meetings will be reduced starting Monday due to the coronavirus. With necessary exceptions, board and commission meetings will be postponed, according to the release. The meetings that do take place will be available via CATS Public Access Television and Facebook Live on the City of Bloomington page. According to the U.S. District Court Southern District of Indiana, all jury trials are continued until further notice due to the expressed concerns about COVID-19 and the availability of jurors. During the outbreak of the coronavirus, residents are taking precautions by purchasing goods to stay indoors for as long as possible. Local organizations like New Hope for Families are in need of toilet paper for their shelter houses, paper towels, and bleach to create sanitizing solutions for their shelter houses, child care facilities, and their on-site food pantry. Since palliative care is the only treatment for COVID-19, they need over-the-counter medicine. These are not covered by children's Medicaid or by family health insurance, like children's and infants' Tylenol, ibuprofen, cough syrup, menthol cough drops, Dayquil, and NyQuil. New Hope for Families said staff can use Kroger gift cards to purchase food for families with specific dietary needs when children are out of school and cannot access free or reduced lunch. Other needs at this time include size 3 and 4 diapers, size four to five pull-ups, hand soap, tissues, and masks for people who have symptoms or who are sick. Contact New Hope for Families to offer donations at 812-334-9840. For WFHB, I'm Sydney Foreman. And I'm Cade Young. The Monroe County Council passed a preliminary approval of tax abatement for Ernest Health Incorporated. Bloomington Economic Development Corporation Director Clark Greiner said location of the new hospital would be at the corner of Curry Pike and Highway 46. He said Ernest Health surpasses post-acute care service marks during their March 10th meeting. 
Uh, Earnest Health is on the uh, first center column there at 77%. National just to average, so they exceed uh, national averages there in almost all categories. So one area that they really don't uh, see is the average length of stay. They're slightly longer, and the reason for that is patient care because they have a much better patient outcome overall when you look at that. So a little bit of extra time in the hospital makes big differences on the back end of that patient. Greiner said Ernest Health is in the top 10% for rehabilitation. He said 110 new jobs and 47 hospital beds would be created. Councilmember Peter Iverson asked County Attorney Jeff Cockerell if 47 beds was enough. The, the beds being set at that 10 to 20 bed per 100,000 people, that I think in the, the actual application is 12 beds to 100,000 people. Right now it's being set at 40 beds. Is, is that enough to meet need? Do you know it currently? I'm going to go with I, that we are, I, I, if you use the average, I don't know what, other than that average, I don't know if it's currently, it, it would call probably for more of a 50 bed facility if you used a 12 per 100,000 because you're at just under 500,000. Um, but then there are also other alternatives. I mean, currently if you, if you need this kind of care, you're going to go to Indianapolis or Evansville. Uh, to get this kind of care um, and so I know that they're building the facility with the thought that it could be expanded in the future. Cockerell said people will continue to use other hospitals. Greiner said the facility would most commonly see senior injuries. One of the things that's most commonly used is going to be you know stroke, heart attack, rehab sorts of, of situations and it's largely going to be uh, a larger older population that will be using this type of facility uh, and so one of the reasons why I'd mentioned the 13 uh, percent of the population of Monroe County is over 65 so there's a higher propensity to use these types of facilities commonly um, but yeah they can treat all types of traumatic brain injuries spinal cord injuries so um, yeah Greiner said construction is projected to begin May 2020 and finish in May of 2021. The Monroe County Commissioners approved an approximately 10-acre agricultural rural reserve rezone for three Clear Creek Township properties during their March 11th meeting. County Planner Tammy Barham said the property owner requested the rezone to permit tourists' home conversion. She said some property trees were removed. There were some trees that had been cut down recently. Apparently that was by a previous owner, but you know, we're going to still pursue this as an enforcement case and make sure that that restoration and those vegetations come, that vegetation comes back. Barham said the enforcement case will ensure communication and a timeline for vegetation restoration. Petitioner Representative Mike Carmen said enforcement was unfair for the current property owner. The reference to the, uh, the enforcement action, which I, I'm going to say I believe is an enforcement terminology, because what we're talking about is enforcement for a condition that was existing at the time of the lot was acquired from a prior owner. The tree cutting, with the exception of, of I think it's three trees, the Gareth dead trees that Gareth removed, one of which was very close to the, to the structure. Uh, the other tree removal was done by a prior owner. So we're talking about enforcement against this owner for the acts of a prior owner, which is problematic in my view, but aside from that, they have already uh, retained an arborist who's been out there and knows made three site visits already. He's working on a report, has not issued it yet, is analyzing the trees that were cut, some of it by age and what types of trees, species, 
uh, has looked at the revegetation that has already occurred, because some of this tree removal actually goes back uh, several years. It's not recent. It may have been discovered recently, at least by pl planning, but the fact that a prior owner was re removing trees goes back some period of time. Carmen said proposed tourist property usage is compliant with the surrounding zones. Barham presented two conditions for approval for the rezone. First one is that they hire a certified arborist to assess the missing trees from the petition site and work with planning staff to create a plan for replacing trees on slopes greater than 12%. And also second, to confirm that all gray water from the structures are being directed to the septic system and any visible pipes um, only are transporting stormwater from those structures. Barham said the County Health, Health Department investigated concerns for gray water being properly stored in the property septic systems. The Bloomington Planning Commission approved a site plan for the 4th Street parking garage. WFB, excuse me, WFB correspondent Katrine Bruner has more on the story. Members of the Bloomington Plan Commission reviewed and approved plans for the construction of a new 4th Street parking garage this past Monday evening after seeing the presentation for the new design at their meeting. Construction is due to begin around August 3rd and will last 12 months. Opening day is expected to be on August 13th, 2021, 10 days before Indiana University begins their fall semester that year. The new design was proposed by CSO Architects. It includes the area of the former garage as well as property south of the garage. The original 4th Street garage, built in 1985, was determined structurally unsound and unsafe for use by structural engineers in 2018. On January 1, 2019, the parking garage was closed to public parkers. City Council eventually voted to tear down the deteriorated garage and replace it with a more environmentally sustainable one. Demolition of the garage began in September of 2019, while designs were made for a replacement garage that would exceed the capacity for parking than the previous one. However, the Monroe County Circuit Court judge denied the city on acquiring property outside of the original space and construction was temporarily halted. The conflict of expansion involved the property on 222 South Walnut Street owned by Juan Carlos Carasquel for his business, Juansells.com Realty Company. Carascale's business is just south of the site. In September of 2018, the city staff met with Carascale to discuss plans involving his property. Carascale purchased the property for $500,000 in April of 2018. On May 8th of 2019, the city staff and property owner discussed terms for purchasing the property from Carascale for $587,500. Carascale rejected the offer, proposing a value of $1.5 million instead. During the summer of 2019, the city filed a petition in the Monroe County Circuit Court to acquire the property through eminent domain. However, the judge denied the petition, stating that the garage plan included commercial use and therefore would not be used completely for public purposes. Other issues came from the presentation of the design, including the height of the building and some details of the structure. The maximum height of buildings in the city is currently 40 feet. However, the garage model shows a standard of 79 feet, with the top level at 90 feet. Another issue was the entrances being too close to the intersections of 4th and Walnut Street. The plans for the new garage include more than 500 parking spaces, indoor and outdoor bicycle parking, electric charging stations, public restrooms, lockers, and commercial space on the ground level. The design is 0.7 square acres and 7 stories tall. 
the commercial space provides 6,750 square feet. The building plan also includes a series of aluminum-paneled structures, which designer Sean Starowitz calls, quote, urban fabric, end quote. Starowitz explained at the meeting Monday that the art was part of Project One Studio based in Indianapolis, and that 1% of the total budget from the garage plan would go towards local public art commissions. The building would receive a ParkSmart certification for sustainability from its design and inclusion of 75% or more materials regionally sourced. This would be one of the first ParkSmart garages in the state of Indiana. The city voted to approve the building design with the following recommendations of improvement. Bicycle parking would need to be included. The building should have a decent amount of lighting for visibility. Windows on certain part of the structure should be added. And lastly, the building should be treated for the placement of art installation on the concrete sides. Members of the public have shown both support and concern for the new design. Many of the surrounding businesses of 4th Street work closely with how much parking is available and saw a drop in numbers when the garage closed down, so they are in agreement with the new garage. On the other hand, some citizens have reported that the garage is unnecessarily big, having seven stories instead of the planned six, and say that the garage would be an investment in fossil fuels feeding into the current climate crisis, and perhaps public transit should be considered more seriously for the city. For WFHB, I'm Katrine Bruner. Reporting live for WFHB, I'm Todd Wicks. And I'm Charlotte Wagermiller. Support for WFHB comes from Cardinal Spirits Distillery, located on the B-Line. Cardinal Spirits has opened a new kitchen featuring local, seasonal food made from scratch to complement their craft cocktails. Dinner available Tuesday through Saturday at Cardinal Spirits, 922 South Morton Street. The WFHB Local News is brought to you by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in hot solar, solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. Found locally at 812-334-4003 and on the web at mpisolarenergy.com. Up next, WFHB correspondent Cynthia Roberts-Hall interviewed Yannette Pumariega and Darielle Quintana, both third secretaries to the Cuban Embassy in Washington, D.C. This is part three of the series. Yes, and another area is medicine, which we had talked about because Cuba is very advanced in their medical care and they train students from all over. They provide uh, scholarships for students to get a low-cost education, medical training. And we explored the possibility of some liaisons we could have right here in Bloomington with companies such as Cook. Um, so I uh, just wanted to mention for that as well. For sure. Uh, one of the, of the goals as well of our visit here is to meet with uh, people from the, from the medicine uh, school, from the Indiana uh, University, uh, you know, we you have not about the the system of uh, of, of health uh, in Cuba. It's a universal system. It's a system based on on prevention. And um, in during our visits uh, to other uh, states, he has raised this issue as well as how we can cooperate and engage in projects with with Cuban institutions. You may have known about the projects we have been able to develop uh, in 2017 with uh, University of Chicago 
we are having these kind of discussions with other states as well, engaging in a projects of health, you know, bringing prof uh, professionals from Cuba or in exchanging uh, in best practices as well. Definitely, definitely this is an area we look forward to uh, um, cooperate more with the people from the University of Indiana. Yes, and this is why two-way exchanges are critical because uh, Cuba has, a, what is it, a, a vaccine for lung cancer, which you have some agreement with uh, New York? Uh... Yes, uh, fortunately, uh, in, in 2018, uh, September, we, we signed the, the Memorandum of Understanding. It was a joint venture between the Buffalo uh, Roswell uh, cancer, uh, cancer Center Institute from, from Buffalo and the Cuban Center for Immunology immunological uh, mono, uh, molecular uh, in Cuba, I'm sorry, uh, to develop uh, treatments uh, in lung cancer uh, vaccine. This is a starting point in this long path and we look forward to expand these uh, treatments in other uh, states as well as part of this joint venture because it's possible uh, under this uh, joint venture to expand you know, the treatments to, to other states. This is a, a starting point, I would say, uh, in this kind of um, relation, but we look forward to, to have another uh, kind of done in, in, with other uh, medical institutions here in the United States. Yes, and the uh, Cuba Amistad sister city uh, has that as its main mission is to normalize uh, relations between uh, U.S. and Cuba, specifically between uh, Bloomington and Santa Clara, but uh, on a much broader basis as well. So we might just mention that there's an upcoming uh, International Conference on Normalizations of U.S.-Cuba Relations, March 21st and 2nd at Fordham. Um, and that's something people could look up online to find out more. We have a few little flyers out in the lobby here. But have you any comments on that? Or should we um, throw it over to you to give some words in Spanish to our Spanish-speaking listeners who uh, we have a show, uh, Hola Bloomington, uh, that airs on Fridays where it's Spanish language. So um, you might just give a little greeting and uh, have uh, any comments you want to make to them. Hola Bloomington. Eh, nosotros somos uh, Dariel y Janet, tercero secretario de la Embajada de Cuba en Washington ante los Estados Unidos. Hemos estado aquí en Bloomington eh, el día de ayer, 25 de febrero, y hoy 26 en la mañana, haciendo, teniendo algunas reuniones con la Universidad de Bloomington, con la Universidad de Indiana, perdón, IU, también con el alcalde John Hamilton, con un proyecto interesantísimo que hay en la ciudad que se llama eh, Cuba Amistad, que por más de 20 años uh, ha estado eh, promoviendo una, mejor, una mejoría de las relaciones bilaterales entre Cuba y los Estados Unidos. Y también hemos estado hablando del proyecto de Ciudades Hermanas, que fue firmado en 1999 entre la ciudad de Bloomington y la ciudad de Santa Clara en Cuba y que Cuba Amistad, bajo el liderazgo de Cynthia Roberts, ha estado eh, promoviendo por más, de, por más de 20 años. Hemos eh, también hablado en estos par de días con diferentes actores de la, de la ciudad que estarían interesados en, en incrementar la cooperación con Cuba y en favorecer una mejor relación bilateral entre los dos países. Entre esos actores, por supuesto, un elemento central de la ciudad es la Universidad la universidad de Indiana, que hemos estado viendo que tienen firmado un acuerdo de cooperación o un acuerdo con la Universidad Central de las Villas en, en Santa Clara, de hecho, y eh, están eh, tratando de expandir la cooperación. En un par de semanas habrá un grupo de profesores de esa universidad que van a estar viajando a Cuba a eh, tratar de materializar algunos de los esfuerzos de cooperación que han estado experimentando, hemos hablado de las posibilidades de ampliar esa cooperación en la escuela de música, en la escuela de, de, de negocios, que también son áreas en las que Cuba tiene potencial y tiene mucho interés. Ok, 
gracias. Um, Dariel Quintana y Janet uh, Puma Riega son nuestras visitantes. Um, and I thank you very much for uh, taking the time to um, share such um, critical information with us and may it move forward in a, a constructive way. Having a great pleasure okay. to be here in, in Bloomington. Thanks to you, Cynthia. Thanks also to Gerardo Gonzalez, Professor Dean Emeritus of the of, uh, Education Faculty in, in IU that have been pretty helpful on this on this visit. Thank you to the mayor who have met with us yesterday at night, John Hamilton. And and we hope we can came back soon and bring a lot of people from Bloomington to uh, Havana, to Cuba in general, uh, pretty soon. Yes, many thank you for all of you that we have been received uh, with with warm uh, welcoming, and we we look forward to 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 come again in the future to continue having this uh, kind of conversation. Thank you all for having us. Well, the pleasure is ours. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the WFHB Local News. Today's headlines were written by Jasmine White, Cade Young, and Sydney Foreman in partnership with CATS, Community Access Television Services. Our features were produced by Katrine Bruner and Cynthia Roberts-Hall. Our engineers today are Sydney Foreman and Cade Young. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. Our... Our executive producer is Cade Young, and for WFHB, this is Todd Wicks. And I'm Charlotte Wagermiller. Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported, independent local news program. You, too, can be a part of our award-winning news team. Please send inquiries to news at wfhb.org. Stay tuned for Kite Line, a program amplifying the voices of those within Indiana's prison system, coming up next on WFHB. You've been listening to the WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio. Our news is written and reported by volunteers working to provide local news, cover local issues, and strengthen our local community. We invite you to participate. You may submit questions, comments, and story ideas to news at WFHB.org. You can become a WFHB local news volunteer by attending new volunteer orientation. Feel free to check out the WFHB local news archive at WFHB.org to find newscasts, individual stories and catch a live feed of the WFHB local news. We are local longer 